73, my God is a righteous God. Chapter 5, we're going to read verse 13 through 16. Last week we did 1 through 12. I'm not going to read it every week, but one thing I want you all to make sure you have in your head through this. So we're going to kind of beat this into everybody's head is whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. That is the way you build your life on Jesus Christ. It's not just saying it. A lot of people are saying it. It's not just hearing about it. Just the fact that you're here and listening, that's important. But without actually doing it, it's not really going to do any good. We can know all the right things to do, but until we actually do them, it's not going to make that much of a difference. It's not going to change our lives. And last week, we talked about happiness and having a happy home, having a home that's a joy to be in. If you want your kids to continue on with what you're teaching them, I recommend having a happy home. Otherwise, they're not going to want to follow it. Nobody wants to follow somebody who's miserable. But also, if we're going to have that house that's on a rock, one that's going to stand when the storm comes, one that's going to be around for years to come, not one that's going to just show up and do good for a little while and then be destroyed later on as soon as the first difficulty comes. The way you got to do that, you have to build a helping home. And that's what our second lesson is about building a helping home. It says in verse 13, it says, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick, and it giveth light 
unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for this lesson, Lord, and I pray You'll bless it, dear God. I pray You'll help everyone to take it to heart, Lord, and I pray that we'll use it in our lives and we'll follow it as You told us to. In Your name we pray. Amen. So if we're going to have a strong house, one that's going to stand, is we've got to make sure that that we are making a difference. A strong house is going to be the house that is making a difference. Hey, He says here, he tells them, ye are the salt of the earth. Okay, we've talked about this salt. It makes things better. Salt makes your food taste better. There's some, almost everything has salt in it anymore. You know why? It just makes things better. Salt is a good thing. If we're going to have a strong house, the strong ones are the ones that are making things better in the world. Ones who are making a difference. There's just something fulfilling about being able to make a difference. About doing the things that you're uh, doing something to help people, doing something to just kind of improve the world. I don't know if you all realize it. You probably do if you pay any attention, but this world just seems to be getting worse and worse all the time. And I believe a lot of that is because we haven't got as much salt as we should have. There's not as many Christians as there needs to be to be able to make a difference. And salt, God said, ye are the salt of the earth. Salt also, it's good for it's a good preservative. It helps make things last longer. It keeps a lot of it keeps it from things from deteriorating and getting worse in some areas. They use it to. Uh, I've seen. On, I remember watching an old movie where uh, they would go out in these ships and they catch all these fish and to keep them good for a long time. They pack all that salt around them. It's preservative. Do you know? It's. I believe it's the Christians that are keeping God from destroying this country. It's His people that are in it. I was reading this uh, this week. I believe it was in Jeremiah or Ezekiel. I can't remember which one. But God was talking and He was wanting to destroy, He was wanting to destroy this city and He said, even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, He said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't spare, I wouldn't spare that city. He said, even those three, He picked those three guys, saying, even if they were there, because those, a lot of times we see where God didn't destroy places because there were some righteous people there. He was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah if there was ten righteous, but there weren't. Because they had no salt, it, that town, it was destroyed. It didn't have enough salt. And that's how it was in the time of Israel. God was saying even if those guys were there, He said, I'd spare them, but I'm not. But the rest I wouldn't. And you know what? The day is going to come where God is going to take the salt out of this earth. We talked about that last week. And When the rapture comes. When He takes His people out of this earth. And when you read in Revelation about the tribulation of what's going to happen, we see just what it's going to be like when this earth doesn't have any salt. It's going to be bad. It's going to be it's going to be terrible. But a strong house is going to be a house that's making a difference. We've got to make a difference as Christians, as as believers. It's it's just necessary. You know, everybody in life today, they're looking for something that's fulfilling. They're looking for, and a lot of people they're trying to use possessions and things. Some people think if I could just get certain things, my life would be fulfilled and my life would be better. But it's true that the only way is to be helping other people and to be making a difference. And that's what God's told us to do. So, number two that we see is we need to get your family involved in doing things for others. If we're going to be salt, okay, we've got, we've got to put that salt to use. That salt isn't any good just sitting in a salt shaker. That salt that you, uh, you use, you've got to actually get it out 
and you've got to use it to make a difference. And if we're going to have a strong house, we've got to get our family involved in doing things for other people. It's very important. You know, it's good to just go and uh, you know help some of the elderly sometimes, people who can't help themselves. It's good uh, to teach your family those things and to get them involved in doing it. Get them to have the mindset and the mentality that we're supposed to do things for other people. You know, we live in a world today where most young people think everything is just supposed to be handed to them. That the world and society and the government is supposed to do something for them instead of them doing something for somebody else. And uh, we've got, we've got, to, you've got to teach your family that. You've got to teach them that we are the ones that are going to make a difference. That if things are going to get better in the Sterling Rock Falls area, God wants us to be the ones to make that difference. And we've got to get busy. We've got to get involved. It's not going to happen by us just sitting at home. There's a lot of groups today, a lot of Christian people. And listen, I'm, I'm 100% for separation. But at the same time, sometimes we can get so separated that we never make a difference. I mean, people, they don't, there's families out there that are good Christian people that got a lot of good morals and things, but they don't even want to be involved in a church. They don't want anybody in that church corrupting their family. And they, they don't want to do anything and they kind of cut themselves off from society. Well, if we do that, then the Bible says, I think it's more like that salt that's good for nothing except to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. There's some salt uh, that we use to kind of keep the ice off the roads and melt the ice, and it's good that we have that, I guess. But there are some people, there are some Christians today that are really not good for anything, even though they're saved because they're not allow, they're not doing the things that God told them to do. We don't want to. So one thing we don't want to do with your family, number three, is don't let them get a welfare mentality. Remember, God said, "Ye are the salt; ye are the light." You are the ones that are supposed to be doing things. You are the ones that are supposed to be making a, making a difference. And I tell you, it's it's just sad today. Uh, you know, there's a lot of programs out there. They're, they mean, they mean to help people. They mean well, and some of them actually do. And I'm a hundred percent for helping people in need. I mean it. I, do, I I think we ought to help. We ought to help the needy. I think we ought to help, especially like our the elderly, the senior citizens. I think we need to take care of those people. I believe in that. But I've got a problem with helping able-bodied people that could be doing something. I know a guy who is every time I go to his house, every time I'd see him, he's sitting around playing video games. Completely healthy. I mean, nothing wrong with him. And the guy's what well, he's living on welfare, living off his girlfriend. I think what a shame that is. What a shame that that's that's the way he lives, and that's his mentality. And you know, a lot of times they'll, he'll, they'll, people like that, they'll look at the things that they don't have, and they'll think that something's wrong with society, and something's wrong with the system, and the government needs to start, you know, not just giving out money for food, but they need to start giving out money for TVs and cell phones and all that stuff. And you know what? It's crazy, but they actually do some of that stuff. I mean, it's, it's nuts what they're just giving away. And that mentality, it's it's ter- it's terrible to have that. Listen, there may come a day where I need some of that stuff. I hope not, but that day might come. But you know what? My goal, if I ever do get in that situation, is going to be to get out of it as soon as possible. Some people they want that to be their entire life, always taking and never giving. We can't have that kind. Our society can't stand that way. We've got to have people that are getting involved in doing things. And as a church, it's the same thing. And in our homes, we've got to be ones who are 
giving something, who are doing something to make a difference. We need to, number four, we need to teach them to give without expecting anything in return. You know, we live in a society too where the attitude a lot of times is you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You do this, I'll do that. And listen, if somebody does something for you, you ought to, you ought to repay them, you ought to do something back, that's fine, I believe in that. But sometimes we need to just give without expecting anything in return. We don't go, we don't hold it over people's heads. We don't, you know, bother them. We don't get mad at them if they don't pay us back. You know, the Bible talks a lot about, you know, borrowing and lending and things like that. And one thing you gotta be very careful, and God told us with Christians, is whenever we lend to somebody, we should not expect it in return, anything in return. And I think it's because God knew that a lot of people are not good for their word. A lot of people, you can't trust them. A lot of people, even in churches today, are very crooked when it comes to their dealings. And if think about it, if you go and you lend to somebody and they don't pay you back, you're going to probably have a pretty bad attitude towards them, aren't you? You're going to bring a bad spirit into church. Every time you see that person out, you know, buying a, you know, a new toy or something, you're going to be getting angry thinking they should be giving me that money. They owe me that money. But we can't, you don't want to have that mentality. It'll just, it'll bother you. It'll make you have a bad attitude. We need, and you need to teach your family to give without expecting anything in return. So many people today, they've got their hands out. They're waiting, they're waiting for something, but that's not what we do as Christians. Jesus Christ, He gave freely to us. He gave us so much, more than we could ever imagine. More than, I mean, uh, the song we sang a while back, more than I ever asked for. That's the way God, that's the way God works. That's what God does. And we need to do the same thing for other people. We need to give without expecting anything return. Uh, Number five, teach them to be impartial in who they help. If we're not careful, we'll be get very big into helping those that we know can help us back. That's very easy to do, and that's also very natural to do. To go and help somebody, maybe that person, they've got something you want, they've got something that uh, you know that they could do for you, and a lot of times, those are the only ones that we help. Those are the only ones that we that we pay attention to. That's not what we want to do. God is God's not that way with us. He's impartial. He uh, he uh, his love for us it's uncondi- it's an unconditional love. He doesn't put conditions on it. He doesn't say that I will love you if this. I'll love you if that. It's not what it's talking about. He is impartial, and you need to teach your family to be impartial with who they help. Number six, you need to get your family involved in bringing people to Christ. Get your family involved in bringing people to Christ. He didn't. So he didn't just say we are the salt, but he also said, "Ye are the light. Ye are the light of the world." When is a light the most noticeable? When it's on. When it's on. But where is it more? No, where is it most noticeable? In the darkness. Yeah, in a dark area. If I if I went and I took a flashlight out in the afternoon and I'm shining it around, is anybody going to notice? No. But you go out at nighttime in a real dark area, it makes a big difference. I mean, you can see it from far away depending on how dark it is. And really, the truth is today in this world that we live in, it is a dark world. There is so much, there is so much stuff out there that people call Christianity and it's... 
It's not Christianity at all. And really, if you ask me, I believe today, and I believe even here in this area, I believe it ought to be easier to be a light than it was in the past. Because let me tell you, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of the real thing out there anymore. There's not. So there's a lot of churches. There's a lot of people that call themselves Christian. Most people in this country or in this area, I imagine there's a high percentage of them call themselves Christians. But why is it if we have such a high percentage of Christians, why is it that we're having all the problems that we have in the world today? Why is it that we seem to be in darkness? You know, I'm amazed really. And I'm 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 not picking on anybody this is a sign of the times that we live in. I think to me this is proof that we don't have a lot of light. But really, when I grew up in a Christian home in a pastor's home, I was very sheltered. I went to a Christian school. Uh, and I remember my first, I guess, glimpse into the real world was when I was 16 years old and I got a job at McDonald's. And I was blown away at what I saw there. I could not believe the immorality. I remember the first time I heard females cussing. And I thought, what? I, I knew guys cuss sometimes, but women? I mean, women were cussing. Not just you know, teenage girls. You know, older ladies, mothers. I'm thinking, what is going on here? Almost every single uh, person I worked with that was an adult, they were not married. They were shacking up with somebody. And I was just blown away by that. I knew that kind of thing happened, but I didn't realize. I didn't think. I, I didn't realize it was that common. It, it did. I was, and I, I was really shocked by it. I was blown away at how many people did drugs. I, I mean, I knew people out there did drugs. I heard about it. I didn't know a lot about it. But I remember there was one day where I was I was working I, I was working with this one guy. His name was Sam, and he was he was pretty weird. I think he'd done a little too much drugs, and it kind of messed him up. And he was he was a strange fellow. And y'all know what I'm talking about. You've seen him before. They mess your orders up and stuff while you're there, and you get mad at him. But I remember he this guy. He was weird, and I remember he was working with me one day, and it got real busy. And I'm I'm back there in the grill area cooking, and I'm trying to keep up, and I'm and the. They realized that they saw I was getting behind. They're like, "Where's Where's Sam at?" And I'm like, "I have no idea." So he went on break a little while ago, and he hasn't come back. And it's way past the end of his break time, and everybody was wondering where he was. And finally, they start sending people to look for him. They couldn't find him anywhere. His car was still there. They went and they looked in the bathroom. He wasn't in the bathroom. They looked everywhere. They can't find him. And finally, one of the guys that worked there, he had, I I guess this this Sam had worked there before. And then he quit for a while and came back. And this guy had worked with him before. And he remembered something that used to happen quite frequently. And he went outside and he climbed up a ladder onto the roof and found him passed out up there. He went and was doing drugs and he passed out on the roof. I was blown away. I thought, what? And I'm thinking, man, I feel bad for him. He's lost his job. He's done. He's fired. He wasn't. I couldn't believe it. I didn't realize. I, I knew that stuff, kind of stuff happened, but I, I didn't think it happened in America, or especially in LaSalle. And it, but it, it was very, very common, and I was, I was blown away by it. And I, I came finally, I came to the realization that Christians were pretty, we're a minority. 
We're not that common. I was blown away by it. And the truth is, in that in that restaurant, I stuck out like a sore thumb. You know, and I really I stuck out like a light in a dark place. It was a very dark place. Yes. You know, I call it. It was a, it was a big culture shock, and it was it was. But the thing is, I was also able to be a light. And I remember during my years during my years there, you know, one of my prayers is that I would lead somebody to Christ, so that I would see somebody that I worked with get saved before I quit. And I remember I I I quit, and I worked there for about a year and a half. I decided I was going to work there until I graduated, and I was going to try to get another job. And uh, nobody ever got saved. But I remember. About a year after I quit, we were out knocking doors in a town called Lad one day, a small town, and I saw this guy come riding by on a bike. It was a guy named Brandon that I used to work with. And I remember I, I flagged him down and I talked to him and I started witnessing to him. And I ended up leading him to the Lord. And you know, I remember thinking, had I never worked at McDonald's, of course I wouldn't have known who this guy was and I wouldn't have paid any attention to him when he went riding by on the bike. And also, if I'd have had a really bad testimony there. If I would have tried to hide the fact that I was a Christian or tried to cover up for it, then I wouldn't have been able to be a witness to this guy and never would have been able to bring him to Christ. And that takes us to number seven. Uh, is They need to be telling people about Christ. We've got, we've got to verbally tell people about it. Now, I know we live in this day and age where we're all supposed to have tolerance. That tolerance is... The thing that we all ought to have, we need to be tolerant of the Catholics and we need to be tolerant of the Methodists and we need to be tolerant of the homosexuals and all these other weird people. And we're supposed to be tolerant of all that stuff. And listen, that's not really biblical. Okay? In fact, it's not at all. Okay? I'm all for, I'm all for tolerating people. The Bible talks about forbearing one another. Okay? That means put up with each other. Because people are going to have some issues. But we don't have to tolerate sin. We, and we do need to tell people about Christ. And a lot of people talk, they do tell people about Christ. But really, what is the main part of the Gospel message? That is simply that we are a sinner. And in today's day and age, if you tell somebody they're a sinner, and they're on their way to hell, that there's a penalty for sin, you're intolerant. You don't have, you're not, you don't have tolerance. You, and that, but that's what we're supposed to do. We have to tell other people about Christ. We have we. It's it's up to us to do that. We need to help people see that they're a sinner. And so many people are trying to get rid of that. They don't want to do that. When I, when we were in this 
area knocking doors. You know, we're we're inviting people. We're passing out the flyers, and I talked to people from other Baptist churches, and they were saying how their pastor does not think you need to go out and witness to people. But that's exactly what they did in the Bible. That's what Jesus said to do. He gave the Great Commission. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. He said to do it in Jerusalem. That was where they were at. That was their hometown in Judea. And that was kind of this Judea and Samaria, some of the surrounding areas. Then the uttermost parts of the earth. We're supposed to go all over and tell people about Christ. That's part of how we are to be a light. So they need to be telling people about Christ. Number eight, they need to be showing people or uh, need to be an example on how to live like Christ. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That they may see your good works. Now we don't do things, we shouldn't do things just to put on a show. Okay? I shouldn't, you know, God does, isn't saying here, He's not giving me permission or saying that it's okay for me to, when I'm in public, to dress like a Christian, talk like a Christian, act like a Christian, and then when I go home and people can't see me, I'm free to do whatever I want and be myself. Okay, that's not what he's talking about. But at the same time, on purpose, we need to let the world see the things that we do, that see the things that we do different. Y'all probably remember Daniel. When Daniel, he got cast in the lion's den, he got cast in there for praying. How did the people know that he prayed? Were they spying on him? No, they didn't have to. He prayed in public, outside, uh, outside where people could see them three times a day. He prayed in public. He did it before the king made the law, and he continued to do it after the king made the law. He was, he was, he was an example. He showed people, and that's what we have to do. Not to put on a show, because, but that's, because that's what we are as Christians. We don't talk like the rest of the world. We don't dress like the rest of the world. We don't act like the rest of the world. We're trying to be a light, not so we can be glorified, but the Bible says they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If we do right, if we have the right kind of testimony, people aren't going to be looking at us and thinking, wow, what wonderful, amazing people they are. They're going to look and think, what wonderful, amazing God they have. There's a lot, that's why there's a lot of churches today that are out there and a lot of Christian people that they've got all the outward stuff down. They know how to dress. They know how to talk. They know how to act. They know how to do all those things. They got, they got the outside stuff down, but a lot of these people, they will talk so much about their outward holiness instead of talking about Jesus Christ that it's almost as though they are really they're glorifying themselves. Look at how good I am. It reminds me of the Pharisees in the Bible. They had all the outward stuff down. Boy, they, they had it down. They looked good. They talked good. They did all those things good. But you know what? They never we never see them giving God the glory on any of these things. A true Christian, the one who has the right attitude, will do all the outward stuff that we can. We'll try to do it all right, but we do it really with a humility. And we know that this doesn't make me anything special. I'm just doing this because I've got a righteous God. I'm doing this not because of my own righteousness, but because of His righteousness. Now, and we're trying to be an example so that people can see what they're supposed to do. Most people today don't know. 
talked about when I was uh, when I was at McDonald's uh, and just how it seemed like everybody was shacking up. You know, one of the reasons our family is RMS today is nobody is seeing how to have a good family. People have decided that you don't have to get married. You can just you can just shack up. It's okay to go ahead and have kids before you're married and all that stuff. That's what most people are doing. It's okay to live together for a few years before you get married. That's the mentality. That doesn't work. It's okay to date around and fool around with all these different people and try before you pick the one you want to spend your life with. That is that's garbage. That is a lie. That's not true, and it's destroying lives. It's destroying families. Most people today, uh, most young people, a teenager, if they decide they want to pursue a mate, they do it the way they what they see the way they see people on TV doing it. They go and on television, they start really young. I mean, good night. You can watch some of these kids shows, and you see these little twelve-year-old kids with girlfriends and things like that, and it's like. That is not the way it's supposed to be. That is not going to work. That's going to mess everything up. We see uh, if you listen to the world today, you listen to our television. When it comes to discipline and things, it's all about the timeouts. The timeouts will make all the difference in the world. Where in the Bible it talks about a rod, rod of correction. There's an Andy Griffith where there's this kid that was being bad on there. And his dad takes him to the woodshed. And nowadays, boy, if that happened, there would be this big outcry. I mean, everybody would want to sue the TV stations because they're condoning beating your kids. And they just talk about how horrible spankings are and it's just the worst thing in the world. But at the same time, look at the way it is today now that we don't do that. Or I should say now that they don't do that. I don't want to sound like a hypocrite in front of my kids. <laughs> They, but it's it's out of control. People have no control over their kids anymore. I tell you, I, we we had some kids on our bus route, and they, you know they, you know good kids, sweet kids. You know they had their issues. They were as hyper as all get out and all that. But I remember, you know they had they had their behavioral issues. Probably nothing worse than my kids had. I think Chloe probably could outdo them. But these kids, one of the things that was happening with a lot of kids in this area, there was a lot of these families, they, they lived in an area together. And I remember this one kid was having problems. Mom couldn't control him. You know what they do? They call the hospital. Tell them to come get their kids. Kids out of control. Hospital, they would, they would take them to this place. Uh, I, think out, I think it was out by Schaumburg. And they put them in this home where they basically you know, try out different medications and things to calm the kids down. And it was so sad. I remember we went there and it was almost like a prison for kids. And there's, I remember we went and I visited with this one kid that was there. I was just kind of wanting to see the place because all these parents were talking like it was the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, you send your kids there and they take good care of them and they're out of your hair for a couple weeks and they come back all drugged up. And I mean, they didn't say it that way, but that's pretty much what they were saying. And I remember I, I went to this place and there are these kids there. and They're not allowed to wear shoes there because apparently some of these kids, they will try to kill themselves with their shoes. They'll try to beat themselves to death with them. And you know, some of the kids were nuts. And I think a lot of it had to do with the medication. But some of these kids that were there, they were completely normal kids. But they were kids that had absolutely no discipline in their life. 
whatsoever. The parents had no clue what to do when their kids get out of control. They had no, they had no clue. So they send them to these places and they just keep going back. A lot of them, a, a lot of parents, a lot of the kids that were in the, our detention home, when the kids would get out of control, the parents, they call the cops. Come get my kid. He's breaking stuff. He's, he's attacked me. We, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. There was this little girl, this skinny little girl that used to ride on our bus ride. Skinny little girl. Couldn't do anything. And she was in the detention home one time. Apparently she got in a fight with her teacher. I don't know what this skinny little girl could have done to her teacher. But the truth is, they don't, they don't know what to do for these kids. They don't know how to control them, so they keep trying to drug them up. They, people, the, our, this world we live in, they, they don't know how to do anything when it comes to raising kids. When it comes to marriage, they have no clue what to do. They, uh, it, we've gotten so much of God out of our culture and out of our lives. People don't know what to do and we have got to show them. We've got, we can't, we've got to show them by our example. But that's not enough anymore. We've got to, you've got to tell them. We've got to be telling people they're, they're, they're going through things, they're facing things. You need to tell them you need Christ in your life. You need to get into a good church. You need to follow the things that the Bible says to do. So many people today, they think that because they're in church that they're okay, that they're fine. They're good Christian people. It's more than just sitting in church. We've got to follow the Word. We've got to do the things that Jesus said to do in this sermon. Otherwise, when all the problems come, listen, my kids, they've been out of control too. I've had the hyper kids. But my, our house is built on a rock. It's built on Jesus Christ. And so we handled it the way God said to handle it. And we've got through it. We're still working on it with some of them. And But at the same time, I believe we're going to get through it. The storms are going to come. But we will be able to stand because we're following His Word. My kids, are they're no different than other people's kids. My kids, if I left them alone, they would just they would be just like some of these maniacs you see in the store. You're going to see a lot of it going into the Christmas season. These kids throwing fits because they don't get the things that they want to get. There's a way to stop that. You've got to follow the Word of God. So they need to be... Uh, so number nine, they need to be serious about it. Or they need to be not just not just serious, but we've got to be open about it. This isn't a private thing. This isn't something that we do behind closed doors. This is something that says that they may see your good works. We've got to let people see it. We've got it. We've got to take it serious. We've got to realize that this is important. There's many things. One of the I think best privileges that we had for the last six years of being able to be uh, being the youth director at Lighthouse Baptist Church is for six years we got to be very close to a lot of teenagers and get close to their families and we got to watch what other families were doing. We got to watch. I There was many things that we saw in those years at Lighthouse and families, things that people were doing right that are, were a huge help. We said, you know what, we're going to do that same thing with our kids. There's things that we saw that people were doing wrong. Said, okay, we're not going to do that with our kids. You know, and the problem today is no, hardly anybody's seeing people doing things right. And we've got to do it. I'm telling you, this day is one of the best testimonies you're going to have. Best ways to make a difference is to have good kids. I appreciate the Menez kids. The day I met them, I was, I was shocked at really just how different they are than 
normal kids. Just the fact, I remember Brother Terry Angel, uh, I hope we can have him come preach here someday. He was blown away when he met your kids. You know why? Because usually when preachers show up at a house, the teenagers, they all go run and hide. Or they might, you know, they'll stay there watching the TV or whatever. They're not going to leave. But they came in there, they were polite, they talked to us, they smiled and seemed happy, and all those things. We're like, we left and we were just like, good night. You see those kids? <laughs> I mean, and we were, we were blown away. And I, I've, been, I've been impressed with what I've seen. I'm not trying to butter you up, but it's true. I, we real, I realized just after that first meeting that this is a good family. Because kids like yours don't come on accident. They don't. That happens on purpose. And I tell you, people in this area, the, uh, the, the teachers in your school, and I mean, they ought to be, uh, they ought to be asking you guys a lot of questions. <laughs> because there's, there's something, uh, there's something that you're doing right. And I'm going to tell you right now that we're watching too. Because we know it's not easy, and our kids are going to be teenagers someday, and that is what that's that's what we're supposed to do. That's the best way to make a difference. You ought to talk to people who've been married for 30, 40, 50 years. Find out how they did it. Because guess what? That doesn't happen on accident either. You got to do some things right. And I th- I love I love having examples like that. I'm thankful that you know growing up in church like I did and being a part of uh, of church all my life, I've got to meet a lot of people that are doing things right, and I've got to see a lot of things that work, and I've seen the things that don't work too. And I think we've all seen a lot of that, but it's amazing how people keep following it, how people keep doing the same thing, how even with marriages being the way they are today, even with immorality being the way it is today, parents will still say, "Yeah, it's okay. You can go ahead and date at 13." Are you not watching at all? But really, the reason most people do that is they think that's the only way to do it. When I grew up, I thought Christianity was pretty much all there was, all that there was. I found out different. But most people today, they think the opposite. They, they've never seen a real true Christian, somebody who's really following the Word of God and doing right. And we've, we've got to be that example. We've got to do it not just so we can, not just for the rest of the world, and that's important. But we see in the Bible that this helps ourself. That when you are the salt of the earth, that when you are the light of the world, that is part of what Jesus said will make your house like that house that's on a rock. When the difficulties come, your house will continue to stand. Well, that foolish man, though, he builds his house on the sand. It's probably a lot easier to do that. It's probably nicer there down by the beach, down there nice and close to the water. But boy, it's not going to be good when those storms come. And the way the world's doing things, it is a lot easier in a lot of ways. But the storms are going to come. And I don't know about you, but I want to stand during those times. And God's told us how we can stand. I hope you all will do that. So let's all stand together, seating with our heads bowed and eyes closed.